Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. One, one pitch. Fastball pulled. And pass. Alvarez and toward the Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Now, here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. Today is just going to be the greatest show ever, and we are starting the overreactions already. Fellas, it is overreaction day. I am just going to, you know, because I wasn't on the show yesterday, I think I'm making up for lost time. I'm just going to give stupid takes. I'm going to overreact to a lot of things, and you're going to have to keep me in check. Are you ready for this challenge? So as long as you know they're stupid this time, that's the important thing. Right. Sounds a lot like Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> And Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. Yes, there's a lot to talk about, including Shane Bieber. Alex Bregman is homered in three straight games. You might be surprised to find out where he ranks among shortstops right now. In fact, I thought there were really a lot of interesting starting pitchers aside from Justin Shane Bieber uh, that were that are worth adding. I'll get your takes on that. A lot of deep league guys, hitters that might be worth adding, and some some sluggers who are in some slumps. We'll talk about that. Heath Scott. Good to be back. How you guys doing? Heath, how are you? Oh, I I could not be better. Really? Just fantastic. Okay, good. Scott, you? What wonderful. I'm great too. Okay, good. I'm good. Everybody's I'm good. really good. I'm also genuinely good. awesome. Thank you for asking. I have some fun MLB stats. One of them is incorrect. One of them is incorrect. You tell me which one. Evan Gaddis set a, set an Astros record for the month of June with 30 RBIs. That is a June record for the Astros. 30 RBIs for Evan Gaddis. Hmm. The, the Reds are an even 531 and 31 under Jim Riggleman. So hmm. Zach Britton gave up a home run to a lefty, Kyle Seeger, yesterday. From 2014 to 2017, he gave up just one home run to a lefty in four years. And your final stat? Shane Bieber, according to the AP, struck out seven to become the seventh pitcher in baseball's modern era to, era to strike out six or more batters in each of his first major league starts. Bieber didn't strike out seven. Exactly. It, I know. They wrote that in the recap, and I put that in oh. the notes. And then I was like, what? what? No, that's not true. See, they overreacted. Baby, baby, baby. Oh. I know, right? And you know what? Yeah. Here, here's my message. Here's the question. That the Associated Press writer who wrote that should be asking right now. Is it too late now to say sorry? Isn't that funny? Right? Isn't that <laughs> You're funny? So Bieber? proud of yourself. Yep. Alright, so anyway, according to everything else I read, I didn't fact check, but the other thing should be true. Gaddis, June record for RBIs for the Astros. Riggleman's 31 and 31. And somebody even emailed us was like, guys, the Reds are not a good matchup anymore. And he might be right. Uh, and Zach Britton did give up that home run to the lefty. That was a, that's a rare occurrence. But let's talk about the Beebs, guys. He's gotta be your, uh, your standout. Heath, Shane Bieber, 69% owned. He did strike out five in six innings, one run. He's got a 222 ERA. Is he under-owned at 69%, Shane Bieber? Oh, absolutely. With what he's done over the last couple of starts, he should be close to 100% owned. Now, I think there's some questions still to be answered about whether he keeps this up over the rest of the season. I'm not ready to say that he's like a top 30 starting pitcher now, but you don't have to be a top 30 starting pitcher to be more than 69% owned. Scotty, what do you think about Bieber? He has walked exactly one in each of his starts. Four starts, I think, right? Exactly one. This was his first start with less than a strikeout per. Uh, He had 18 or 17 swinging strikes in it. And entering this start, he had allowed a BABIP he had a BABIP of over 400. So there were there were a lot of hits in his first two starts, but that seemed to be the aberration more than what he's done in the last two starts now. What he's done in the last two starts is very reminiscent of what he was doing in the minors. He's an elite control pitcher already, I think. And while I'm not ready to put him in the top 30 either, I agree, he's must own. Shane Bieber or Domingo Herman? I think the upside is higher than for Herman, but I mean Bieber's clearly more usable right now. I mean Bieber's going to have an easier schedule than most pitchers because he pitches in the AL Central, but he has had a pretty uh pretty cake start to 
his major league career. Uh, we got the Twins twice, the Tigers, and the Cardinals. Cardinals. Are well, good the Cardinals all. at St. Louis, so he gets the the pitcher that he gets to pitch to. So, I I would say Bieber over one, but I think it's pretty close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I did like the fact that he was throwing a lot of curveballs yesterday. And um I tried to look it up on Brooks Baseball, was not able to find it. It's weird. Brooks Baseball doesn't want to let me look up some info for, like, Vince Velasquez. They never let me find his player page. Didn't get Shane Bieber's. But I guess, I, you know, the one guy that comes to mind is is Fernando Romero, who got off to a really good start, but just I don't think he had the arsenal um, to really be consistent. So that's an important thing because you look at Bieber and Freddy Peralta, who was the talk of yesterday's podcast. Bieber throws harder than Peralta. Neither of them is like a flamethrower. And I was, that was surprising to me when I watched Peralta the other night. Is he, he, like Chris said, he throws like 91, 92. Bieber's not exactly, you know, a hard yeah. thrower, but they're getting yeah. it done. And I just don't know what to do, guys. Like, like Walker Bueller, I feel like is kind of easy to buy into, right? Throws hard. He's got a huge pedigree. I don't know what to do with some of these other rookie pitchers. Do, do you try to sell them? Do you just ride it, ride it out and see what happens? And, you know, because there is a lot of uncertainty as much as we're going to make predictions. There's a lot of uncertainty with these guys. I have a lot of faith in Herman and Bieber both. I mean, Herman, I don't think you could call a sell high just because of the ERA he has now. So that's definitely a hold. And I think it's too fresh to really consider trading Bieber either. I mean, I, I like Bieber. I don't, I don't know that I'd be motivated to get whatever I could get for him anyway. I could see maybe Peralta being a sell high uh because I think that's that's the the most he has the two biggest red flags of of both of these pitchers limited arsenal and control issues throughout his minor league career and then if we want to throw a third red flag in there it's not clear there's an opening for him in that rotation with Zach Davies working his way back from the DL I think there will eventually be because I don't think Ulysse Chassin or uh um <laughs> Junior Guerra, Scott, you, you could not Guerra. remember I, his name. I forgot the other one's <laughs> name on yesterday's I know. Show. No, you forgot <laughs> Guerra's name on yesterday's show, oh, which okay. was very Junior good, by Guerra. the way. That's a hard name for me to remember. That's, yeah, uh, yeah I, I don't think either of them are good enough to hold him off forever, but, but those are three issues for Peralta. And right now he's coming off a magnificent start that could maybe create a lot of buzz. And, uh, you know, maybe you could get somebody like... Uh, like a John Gray for him, potentially. I think that'd yeah, be an I, upgrade. There are certainly pitchers that I would trade Bieber, uh, struggling pitchers that I would trade Bieber or Peralta for. And I think maybe another place you could look is injured pitchers. Johnny Cueto making his way back from the disabled list. I'd rather have Cueto than either of them. He's somebody like maybe still you Darvish. Um, yeah. Dallas Keuchel in a points league, I'd still rather have than either of them. Oof. So there are some buy-low candidates that you could trade either of these guys for. Uh, I'm going to overreact about Dallas Keuchel in a bit, maybe. Uh, you know, I'll do it right now. Overreaction number one of the day. Zach Eflin is better than Dallas Keuchel. <laughs> yeah, that's an overreaction. But I, I think it's time to give Eflin some credit. To give, it, give that man some Eflin credit. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, he still has the 60% owned. He's so not better than I'm Dallas Keuchel, so, though? He's, he's not better I'm, than Keuchel? He's not better than Keuchel. Keuchel okay. is... Scary now. Uh, after two starts, two very effective starts with the Royals, six shutout innings each time, but both against the Royals, he uh, he kind of had a, a comeuppance here because it's not like he was back to retro Keuchel in those two starts against the Royals. The ground balls weren't uh, one of the starts. He allowed more fly balls than ground balls, so he's not back to being the Keuchel of old, and I'm not confident he will be. Yeah, but he's, I'd still rather have him than Eflin. Okay, well, Eflin is part of a big group of starting pitchers that I want to talk about. They are available in in some to a lot of leagues, and they were very good. But, you know, Heath, earlier you said you could not be better. I'm going to challenge that assertion, Heath. I think you could be better, and you will be better at the end of the show when the regulators return. (laughs) Yes. Fantasy regulators are coming back. Fantasybaseball at CBSI.com. That is our email address, fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. And please put fantasy regulators in the subject line. If you put something like regulation or please regulate, 
I will regulate. I will yell at you. That that would be the wow. way I regulate. Yeah, don't do it. Put Wouldn't it be regu- easier to include them rather than to reply to the email? No. See what I do, Scott, is I do a search in my inbox for fantasy regulators. So okay. that's why you I were saying that. you'd yell at them. So I, I'll just yell. It seems at them like you found them anyway in the email. Uh, it's a good point. Yell at them in my mind, I guess. All right, um, <laughs> let's talk about those fringy starting pitchers and who we want to pick up. I'll throw Zach Eflin in there. He is fifty nine percent owned. Shane Bieber is sixty nine percent owned. Definitely Bieber over Eflin. One hundred percent. Yep. Kyle Freeland is actually the most owned of all the pitchers I'm going to talk about. Kyle Freeland, a Rockies pitcher with a three twenty nine ERA. And he does all right at home. Bieber, Eflin, Kyle Freeland, who do we want? Not I Kyle would, Freeland. I would rank them Bieber, Eflin, and Freeland. I, Freeland deserves to be the least owned of the three, but I think the correction needs to happen more with the other two. I think 76% for Freeland is fine. I think he's fine uh, for having a 329 ERA, 122 whip. That was entering yesterday's game with a 284 BABIP, which you know isn't all that low, really. So a uh, guy who's two years in a row been among the best at getting weak contact. It's a ground ball pitcher. I think he's fine. I think... Beaver has the chance to be really good, and Eflin uh, has the chance to be, like, top 60 good. Mm-hmm. Eflin, Eflin, just to let everyone know, has a 176 ERA and a 5-0 record in his last five starts. And those five starts have come against the Cubs, twice against the Brewers, the Nationals, and the Yankees. So, of course, he's going to do what Kyle Gibson just did next week and face a really bad team and get— and, or Next week, he's going to face a bad team and get crushed, just like Kyle Gibson did last night. After Gibson had just had a really nice streak of four starts against tough opponents. But Eflin, yeah, 58% out. Alright, so you're going, you're going Bieber, Eflin, Freeland. Now I'm gonna give you a whole bunch of names. And Heath, you can jump in first. You tell me guys that you'd rather have over, let's say, Kyle Freeland or Zach Eflin, maybe not over Bieber. Marco Estrada, Danny Duffy, Brent Suter, Wade LeBlanc, Ivan Nova, Zach Wheeler, Clayton Richard, Mike Miner, and Kyle Gibson. Did I say anyone that really jumps out at you, Heath? I would rather have Duffy than either of them. I would rather have Miner than either of them in a league where I need a spark. Either of who? I thought the only two we were talking about were Eflin and Freeland. You said maybe not Bieber. Okay, so Bieber, so Bieber's going to be ahead of the, of the whole pack. Correct. Okay. And so, I, right. I think th- th- there were a couple other names. Like I'd, I'd still rather have, I, I think, Marco Estrada over Kyle Freeland. Um, there were so many names. There were. So, uh, I mean, Dan, we, Danny Duffy, he looks like he's back on track. Three of the last four starts, uh, just more than a strikeout per inning. He's throwing harder the last, over the last couple months than he did all of last year. Like, I think he's, he still has control issues and obviously a bad supporting cast, but 53% owned strikes me as the most under-owned of any of these pitchers. And I can't decide how I feel about the trade possibilities for Danny Duffy because he could get traded to a better team, but that better team may also play in a much worse park for Danny Duffy. So I I guess it's just a wash. There still are a lot of walks for Duffy. I think we should just point that out. And he gets Cleveland. I mentioned it. Oh, you did? I'm sorry. He gets yeah. Cleveland next week. You didn't point that out. That's okay. I think the no, main thing we I need to point out, though, is there's still a lot of walks for Danny Duffy. <laughs> and he gets Cleveland next week. So if you're playing week to week, you know, some a lot of these guys are two-star pitchers. Duffy, Duffy is not. Eflin is not. He's one-star, but it's against Baltimore. Zach Wheeler did not get any love yet. Zach Wheeler's been, you know, better lately. More swinging strikes. I think his velocity's up, but I'm not 100% sure. He's at Toronto and home against Tampa Bay next week. That's not bad. Um, he had like 20 swinging strikes last night, right? 22. Yeah, it wasn't, that was like the kinds of numbers that used to drive us wild for, uh, Shohei Otani. Like that's an insane number of swinging strikes. I'm not, like, I, I kind of feel like it's an aberration, but he has been better. I think good enough that he deserves to be more than 41% owned. I'd rather have him than Estrada. I'd rather have him than Freeland or Suter. Who else did you mention in there? Well, Kyle Gibson and Mike Miner and Clayton Richard. We haven't really talked about that. I know there's a lot of guys. So at the end of this segment, I'll, I'll sum it all up and tell everybody what we really think. But 
you know, Mike Mike Miner took advantage of a matchup we thought he could take advantage of. Now he gets Houston in his next start. It's at home. Uh, Kyle Gibson, yeah, he had a bad start. He was pitching pretty well before that, although we said the peripherals said there should be some regression with Kyle Gibson. Brent Suter, they're letting him go deeper into games. Up until the last three starts, Brent Suter had not pitched six innings, and he's done that three straight starts. He gave up four runs against the Royals, but they all came in the seventh. He had six scoreless innings before that. Uh, he's got Minnesota and Atlanta at home next week, Brent Suter. So it seems like Bieber's number one, Duffy's number two, Eflin's number three. That's sort of how I'm feeling right now. Does that sound right? Yes, I'd, yeah. put my, I'd put minor number three in a points league. Okay. I'd put Kyle Gibson potentially ahead of Duffy as number three. I think Kyle Gibson's in that mix, and I don't think Wheeler's too far behind. So who's number two okay. for you, Scott? Eflin? Ahead of Duffy? So I think there's a clear top five. I'm, I think it's... Um, I think it's Bieber, and not necessarily in this order, but I think it's Bieber, Duffy, Eflin, uh, Wheeler, and, uh, who's the Gibson. other one I was excited Gibson. about? Gibson. Gibson. Gibson, yes. I think those are the clear standouts. They need to be owned in most every mixed league, I feel like. Okay. And Clayton, actually some good matchups next week. Clayton Richard at Oakland could be okay. Oakland struggles at home. Richard gave you seven more innings. We know he's not going to give you strikeouts, though. And unfortunately, Mike Miner does have Houston next week, but he is that Sparp eligible guy. All right, who did I miss? Which which uh, Wednesday standouts did I miss, Heath? You told me already that Shane Bieber had to be my standout. Well, it had to be. Like, so I the show I just totally standout. disregarded anyone else that played. Uh, let's, Scott Heath. Anybody? Let's talk about okay, let's Scott. talk about Robbie Ray. First start back from the DL. Are yes. you Robbie Ray? Yep. For, it was it was definitely a good result. Six shutout innings, two hits, six strikeouts, twelve swinging strikes, which is not a great number for him, but it's certainly fine. His velocity ninety two point six is what he averaged on his fastball. It, the velocity was low early in the year, uh, but it got up to ninety five is what he averaged in his final start. Only ninety two point six in this one. Uh, Diamondbacks manager actually addressed it after the game and said. He's not concerned. I mean, the the secondary stuff looked good. Most of his swinging strikes came on the slider, and uh, he feels like he'll build up the velocity as we saw him doing before he went on the DL. So I'm, I I take it as pretty much all positives for Ray, but the velocity is something to keep an eye on. Okay, yeah, good start for him it's against the Marlins, but uh, what six shutout innings? So good stuff for Robert Ray. And then I'll just go, I'll say Alex Spregman is a standout. He's homered in three straight games and he is now the number two shortstop in points leagues. You look at what he's doing though, he's, he's pretty pointsy. He's number six currently, uh, at shortstop in Roto, which is really good. Three days ago, or before, four days ago, before this three game stretch, Alex Spregman was the number four shortstop in points and number ten in Roto. So why is he so good in points leagues? Well, he has more walks than strikeouts, more walk than strikeouts, one more walk than strikeout, uh, strikeouts. He has 27 doubles, which is tied for second most in baseball. So plate discipline and doubles equals points value, and he's got it. Uh, but right now, 14 home runs in 79 games. We're basically at the point where you can just multiply everything by two, basically at the halfway point. I mean, if he hits 28 home runs, that would be huge for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, Four days ago, you'd say, well, he's on pace for like 22 home runs. That's not great. I guess my my point with Bregman is I was wondering if he was going to be a real standout in categories formats or just kind of like good across the board but not great in anything in a maybe Andrew Benintendi type way, a Benintendi of last season type way. I I would say that the home run – and double issue is probably a situation where we should expect more of those doubles to be home runs, and it's started to happen in the last three days. Anytime you've got a guy who has a 41% hard contact rate and a 12% home run to fly ball rate, if the hard contact stays at that level, the home run to fly ball ratio is going up. I think the range of possible outcomes, there's probably a worst-case scenario that I'm not considering, but in terms of likely scenarios, I think Bregman is going to be somewhere between Anthony Rendon last year and Jose Ramirez last year. The BABIP is still on the low side for him, 
So I could see him getting that batting average up around 300. Uh, obviously great plate discipline, a lot of doubles, but also a fine number of home runs too. If, if he gets, if he corrects the batting average to the point that he's Jose Ramirez, he probably climbs those roto rankings as well. Either way, he's a stud in points leagues. I actually have moved him ahead in my third base rankings since he's also eligible there. I've moved him ahead of Chris Bryant. Yeah, okay, well, you know what? I like that. Go ahead, Heath. I'll jump in after. Go ahead. Th- that's an interesting point that I think brings up something. I tweeted about this a couple of days ago, and I I don't ne- know that I can necessarily disagree with that. Regman's not just the number two shortstop in points leagues. He's also the number two third baseman. I There's not really been much difference between the two positions this year. There's not really been much difference between any of the positions this year in the infield. Right. Yeah, Chris and Scott talked about that yesterday. And by the way, I'm very much looking forward to Chris coming back on the show tomorrow because I have three things that I am just going to berate him for for his, oh, man. his hosting yesterday. And none, <laughs> none of it is like he did a bad job hosting. It's just oh, it's all, come on. He it's was all, so proud of himself. No, I texted today. him. He's telling me. I texted him and I told him he did a great job yesterday. And he did. But there were three things that he did. Boy, I wanted to jump through the car radio and, and strangle him. Um, <laughs> all in good fun. All but in you did a great fun. job, Chris. No, it had nothing to do with, with baseball. It was just, it was just some fun stuff. We'll have fun with it tomorrow. Um, okay. all right. So, so Chris Bryant improved plate discipline last year and it's it, like Mookie Betts improved plate discipline last year and, fi- and we see the results this year. Alex Bregman. Improved plate discipline. I think last year he also improved his plate discipline even better this year. And we're seeing now results at the plate. Chris Bryant, I thought it was going to happen with him. I thought he just probably was unlucky last year. He became a better hitter. It's going to translate. He's going to start crushing it. And it hasn't happened. Do you think the shoulder has held him back? Do you think that's the, that's the reason why Chris Bryant's not producing? Has that been something that's been going on all year? No. I hadn't heard any, yeah, I hadn't heard anything along those lines. It's weird with Chris Bryant because his fly ball rate is still that of a power hitter. It's over 40. And I, it's, it's kind of surprising that it hasn't translated to more home runs, but this is, you know, obviously going a year and a half now where that's been the case. So I think if we were, I think if we were redrafting today, uh, certainly in a roto league, I don't think he'd go in the first two rounds. Points league maybe because the plate discipline is still so good, but we need to see a power surge from him in the second half to get him back to that, you know, borderline first round status. All right, and he's a he's another guy that just doesn't make any sense. Like his home run, run to fly ball ratio, even last year it was sixteen percent. It's down to ten point three percent this year, even though he's hitting more line drives and he's hitting the ball harder. So, I I have a hard time blaming it on the shoulder. When he's hitting the ball harder. Also coming up on today's show, yeah, but, but don't you, like everybody's hitting the ball harder. Aren't we still a little skeptical of that stat? I like he is basically he was at thirty two point eight last year. He's at thirty six point five. That's bigger than the jump from last year to this year. Okay, so I'm okay. not really no. That was brought up in terms of like a data keeping. Are we skeptical? But I think it's fair to point out it's skeptical to be of that stat. To be, it, it's right to be skeptical of that stat anyway. There isn't a strong correlation, uh, particularly for pitchers, but also for hitters. Hard, soft contact versus how good they are. You know? Mm-hmm. It's something we I cite. I do know. I, I agree that if there's not a strong correlation between pitchers. I don't agree that there's no correlation between hitters. Well, it's less strong than other things. Like, I care more about line drive rate and fly ball rate than I do about hard contact rate. I, prefer a hard contact rate to a soft contact rate. But uh ultimately I think it's the the how it comes off the bat. Like Well he has an elite line drive rate and fly ball rate as well. So So yeah. maybe no, maybe he's true. gonna come around. Maybe Chris Bryant's gonna have a big second half. I would expect it. Alright, good. Alright, so uh I we have a lot, a lot to get to on today's show. First I want to tell you about one of our sponsors we can really help you out, gentlemen. I want you to put you know, take your hand, put it on top of your head. How's it feeling up there? 66% of men lose their hair by age 35, and you have to be proactive. When you start to notice hair loss, it's too late. It's much easier to keep the hair you have than to replace the hair that you've lost. So 
we can help you out at 4hims.com. Hims, it's a great website, 4hims.com, a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. Our promo code, or our, our URL, rather, is is going to help you with the hair loss. 4hims.com slash FBT. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash F-B-T. And what you do is you uh, you fill out a little questionnaire, and the doctor will review it and prescribe it, uh, prescribe to you some generic equivalents to name brand prescriptions. So you're just getting you're getting generic stuff that's going to really help you out. Forhims.com slash fbt. How much does it cost? Well, you you know if you go to a pharmacy, you go to a doctor, it costs you really a lot. But on Hims, how about five bucks for your first month? A trial month for five bucks right now while supplies last. Go to fbt or go to excuse me forhims.com slash fbt. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash F-B-T. This is something that uh, is really important for a lot of guys out there, and this can be really, really helpful. Forhims.com slash F-B-T. So, Shohei Otani is going to return as a hitter this year. Scott, what is your reaction to that? I think it's obviously good news for Otani owners, provided there are Otani owners who play on our website. And I think it's kind of funny because we've been saying all along, well, it's it's nice that he has this dual eligibility, but you're probably going to spin end up starting him at pitcher yeah, every yeah. time in in mixed leagues because that's where he's going to have the greatest impact since he obviously can't bat full time. Uh, but now that's changed. If if it happens, I mean, they're they're still they're still going to evaluate his arm. There's still a chance he could come back as a pitcher this year, but. Uh, Obviously, you don't want to drop him with this news. Yeah, I'm thinking in like a, I don't know how ESPN does it, but Yahoo, I think ESPN too. Um, they uh, they have him as a separate hitter, you know. If you saw the Otani hitter out there, is he a must-add? He's a great stash. Pretty close to must-add. And I could be wrong, but I think Yahoo's the only site that has him split up like that. The problem is that a lot higher percentage of Yahoo leagues are 8 and 10 team leagues. I'm not sure he's much of a stash in an 8 team league. In a 10 team league, he's kind of borderline. All right, rank these three guys to stash. Vladimir Guerrero, Eloy Jimenez, Shohei Otani. I would rank them Shohei Otani, Vladimir Guerrero, and Eloy Jimenez. Agreed. Okay. Brandon Morrow's back. Zach Cozart is going to have surgery for a torn labrum. He has no timetable for his return. Is anyone interested in picking up Sandy Alcantara for the Marlins? Uh, he will start for for the Marlins against the Mets on Friday. Sandy Alcantara. Might be Alcantara, but Sandy is his first name. That I know. <laughs> yeah, he's an interesting prospect because he's one that the scouts love, and he was considered the prize of the Marcelo Zuna deal. But if you look at the minor league numbers, you're like, great, he throws hard, but where are the strikeouts? So I'm not... Wild about picking him up, but if he starts performing well, then we'll have to have a different conversation. Hey, I think he's a good test case, and not like definitively, but just for this idea, we've already kind of accepted that guys in the minor leagues that hit a bunch of doubles but don't necessarily have the power numbers may have better power numbers when they get to the major leagues because of this environment. And I've kind of been wondering if we're going to see that more with pitchers where they strike out more hitters once they get up to the majors. He's going to have to. If he doesn't, then he's really kind of like a native Aldi. There would, and there would be a lot of reasons for that apart from just hit or strike out a lot in the majors. You know, a lot of times they have these pitching prospects aren't unveiling their full arsenals. They're not sequencing batters they would, the way they would in the majors because their emphasis is on development and not performance. Uh, Aaron Nola's, uh, Great example recently of a pitcher who didn't strike out many batters in the minors, but the pedigree was thought to be great, and look what he's become. I still think it's pretty rare, though, for a guy who's 6.8 per nine in the minors to become strikeout per inning guy, you know? Sandy Alcantara, Alcantara. Mike Soroka is on the waiver wire now because he is on the 60-day DL. The Dodgers, according to Bob Nightingale of USA Today, are the favorites to acquire Manny Machado. So beware, uh, AL-only owners. Walker Bueller could return to the rotation next week. Did you see the story about Archie Bradley and what happened to him before he entered a game? Of course. Okay, yeah, he pooped his pants. Uh, Hasn't everybody? Yeah. Everybody's pooped their pants. What? 
I don't think I've done that uh, since since diapers, or I don't know, shortly after that. <laughs> um, yeah, Archie Bradley. You can read about it. Just just Google Archie Bradley pooped his pants, and and you'll see it. I I like the straightforward headline. Granted, we're in the era of the straightforward headline, but uh, yeah, I mean, pooped his pants. Hasn't that's, that's everybody? I can't. No, no. Hasn't <laughs> everybody? No. The answer is no, Heath. That is just no. I I think you should run a Twitter poll. Okay, I'll do it right now. Wait, what should the I mean? Poop, the <laughs> poop, I cut the it close sometimes, probably, but yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna say no. All right, is so this TMI. Yeah, it is. Day to day, day to day injuries. Hopefully, JT Realmuto still out. Nelson Cruz out again with back tightness. Carlos Correa's missed two straight with a back issue. Salvador Perez left at, left after being hit by a foul ball. Ozzy Albies and Ender Inciarte, they are hopefully going to be back tomorrow. For Inciarte, it's an oblique injury, but sometimes that really is no big deal. And Travis Shaw sat again with a wrist issue, so fingers crossed for Travis Shaw. And then other notes from around baseball. Mike Trout has now gone 12 straight games without an extra base hit. Gas. Ronald Acuna will likely be back tomorrow. Domingo Herman pitched the eighth inning yesterday for the Yankees just to get some work. He will be back in the rotation. Uh, but Luis Severino is going to make that Sunday start instead of Loizaga. Carlos Carrasco will make a rehab start on Saturday. Jeff Samarja is going to require another rehab start before he returns. The Red Sox, Red Sox signed Brandon Phillips to a minor league deal. Justin Smoke appears to be sitting about once every five games or so. I thought that was interesting. Justin Smoke not playing every day. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah, he's burned up. Kind of looks like his 2017 was all smoke and mirrors. Yeah, <laughs> up in smoke. Hunter Renfro and Matt Olson were robbed of home runs. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa has made three starts at catcher, but this is not a John Hicks situation where a guy who plays a lot is going to have catcher eligibility. Kiner-Falefa barely ever plays. He's just like a backup catcher now. And with Lorenzo Kane on the DL, this might happen against left-handed pitching. Uh, for the Brewers, if you're in a daily league, Jonathan VR led off and stole his 11th base. Actually, if you're playing DFS, that might be helpful against a lefty. Eric Thames sat, Jonathan VR led off. So that always helps. What should the Twitter poll say? Um, have you pooped your pants since you were, what are we going to say, 13? 13? Can we say like 20? <laughs> since, since, Why since... would you be pooping your pants between the ages 7 and 12. Well, I don't know. It might happen. <laughs> I, I, I yeah, I think, I think it happens in grade school. Like, probably one out of every 20 or 30 kids. Okay, Ar- <laughs> here's what the Twitter poll says. Archie Bradley admitted to pooping his pants before going in a game this year. Have you pooped your pants since turning 20 years old? I think it should be 13, but I will will expect these results to be a little lower than what I was anticipating. Like, why would you be pooping your pants when you're 16? This is, like, that's just a weird cutoff. Why don't, since you're out of diapers, why not that? It's going to be like 90%. The two options are, yes, I pooped them, and no, of course not. Email of the day comes from Blake in Santa Barbara. Oh, here's something that really pissed me off from yesterday's show. Uh, he says, I know, I know. Joey Votto is great and no one is worried. And look at that OBP. Most owners, however, took this guy in the second or second round and he has eight home runs and 42 RBIs on the year. Is he really that good or do I trade Joey Votto for the likes of Joey Gallo because of the home run potential? And yes, what really bothered me was that you can't look at a guy's OPS and not mention the lack of power. If he's one of the best walkers, you know, walk drawers in baseball, yeah, he's going to have a high OPS, but if he's not hitting for power, it's a little bit deceiving. And I do understand the frustration among Joey Votto owners. The guy does have eight home runs right now. So I thought that I agree that he's fine, but I thought we can at least address it, that he is not just normal Joey Votto, even with the well, high OPS. It's mostly Joey Votto will OBP. decide to hit home runs soon enough, and he will start doing it. it tradi- like In traditional 5x5 five five leagues that, Offer nothing for the walks apart from higher run scoring potential. It is a concern. But if, if it's an OBP instead of batting average league, if it's a points league, he's a stud anyway. So I'm not, yeah, in traditional five by five leagues where he was also drafted high, 
you need him to hit for more power. But like every time throughout his career when we've been like, it's time to worry about Joey Votto, the answer soon afterward has proven to be no. He is the number two first baseman in points leagues, which is amazing. And he's number 10 in, in Roto, the standard 5x5, five five, the batting average format. But here's what, uh in his last three seasons, he's played 79 games. Here's what Joey Votto's done through 79 games in his last three seasons. 2015, he hit 273 with 14 home runs. 2016, he hit 255 with 14 home runs. 2017, he hit 311 with 23 home runs. He did not have a first half slump. So even, you know, you look at 2015-16 where it was bad first half, OPS over 1,100 in the second half. He still had 14 home runs and 13 or 14 doubles at that point. This year he has eight home runs. He does have 16 doubles. But he does also have a much higher batting average this year. Uh, okay, I think to sum it up, we're not worried. And this is a guy that really could carry your team in the second half. Because he has had an OPS over 1,000 in the second half three straight years. Or in his last 80 games. Or, or after game 79, okay? <laughs> From this point forward. Last three years. Uh, he could really carry your team. Alright, um, it's time for overreaction day. I do want to tell you about Roku though. What did I do yesterday? Well, I watched, I watched, uh, a comedy show, a, a comedy hour, like a stand-up comedy special on my Roku. I watched a whole bunch of stuff on my Roku. I watched The Simpsons on my Roku. I watched live sports on my Roku. I watched CBS Sports HQ on my Roku. If you don't know what a Roku is, Roku is, go to Roku.com. R-O-K-U.com. They start at $29.99. They are really easy to use. You plug them into your TV. You put apps on there. You stream whatever you want. You want to watch live sports? You can do that. You want to watch movies and TV shows? There are more than 500,000 of them. There's free content. There's pay content. If you pay for Netflix or Amazon Prime or Showtime or HBO, whatever, you can get all of that on the Roku. But really, you should be using it for CBS Sports HQ, baby, on the CBS Sports app. And to stream your live sporting events, you can do that. On Roku, it is awesome. Start streaming right now. Go to Roku.com, R-O-K-U.com. I've got two of them, and I bought my parents one as a gift, so you can at least get one of them. Go to Roku.com. You will not regret it. Overreaction day begins right Adam, now. Yes. Early results from your poll: more than a hundred votes in. A third of respondents have pooped them since turning twenty. <laughs> yeah. I'm not one I of them, by the way. I had to pick an age that late. <laughs> I, would, I would vote no on that, I, I promise. Oh, um, the secrets people hide. I right. may have been standing to a guy with pooped pants once and had no idea. I know. I'm like, what's thought. that smell? It's scary thought. Now, now you know. I know. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Overreaction time. Luis Castillo. You tell me if they are overreactions. Luis Castillo should be dropped in all 10 or 12 team leagues. Overreaction. Overreaction. Clearly not. Clearly not in the circle of trust. Um, and at this point, I don't think it would be crazy to see him get a couple starts in the minors. But but the upside is just too high in a, in a way that's been tangible. Okay. How about this one? You are a stupid idiot if you don't pick up Rugnet Odor in a Roto League. <laughs> Mean, first of all, also an overreaction. Yeah, I don't. Why would you pick him up? Well, he's been getting a case, like he's actually gotten a few hits recently. Well, he has two That's homers and a two low standard. Two homers and two steals in his last seven games for Rugnet Odor. Oh, okay. Heath, overreaction. I'm not the like the problem I have with this exercise is the way that you're framing it, because I do think you could say. Luis Castillo is droppable in a 10 or 12 team league. And that is true. I don't want to. I'm not trying to, but if Shane Bieber is out there, I'll drop him. I'll drop Castillo for Bieber. And but then the Odor thing, the Odor thing, I, I would say like you should consider adding Rugnet Odor in a roto league, although he's 53% owned and points is his worst format. So I'm going to guess he's already owned in almost all roto leagues. Uh, or categories leagues. When I say but you're not a stupid idiot if you don't pick him up. So, okay, look, I could do the same old segments all the time to talk about these players, but I gotta mix it up sometimes, guys. I've I gotta agree. mix it up. I right. appreciate that. Well, well, here's, here's something fun about Rugnet Odor. Today I have what I'm calling a dynasty update, uh, for that midway point. The five players who've gained the most value, 
Uh, in Dynasty Leagues, the five who've lost it and the five prospects who've gained the most value. Rugnet Odor is number one for the five players who've lost the most Dynasty value in the last quarter season. So even though he's 25, even though just two years ago he was doing unheard of things for a 22-year-old second baseman power-wise, he is just a total mess, and I don't think people value him, even in a long-term context. All right, next one, next overreaction. You're a huge moron if you don't pick up Kansas City shortstop Adalberto Mondesi in a Roto League. And he's 9% on Mondesi. I mean, why do you keep calling us morons? Because <laughs> you're pooping your pants, you moron. No, that's, I am not. I am not doing that. I didn't do it even before I was 20. Well, I kind of feel like Heath did, but anyway, <laughs> I'm just having fun with it. Does does Adalberto Mondesi need to be picked up in a roto league? He's he's running. He's got three steals in nine games in four attempts. Well, here's our biggest fan is sitting. Oh yeah, I'm I'm right here, ready to pounce. I was just gonna let Scott say something before I did. I mean, I need to see a lot more. I understand there's some steals potential there, but okay. like. I rank, I just ranked the two, my top 250 for Roto Leagues and much higher end middle infielders than Mondesi didn't crack that list. Here's the thing I will say about your proposition, Adam. Our standard Roto Leagues are pretty deep leagues with the middle infield, the corner infield, the two catchers. I, I am having a spectacular year, probably the best first three months of a season I've ever had in a Roto League in our staff Roto League, and I have some very unexciting players on my bench. I do think it makes sense. The Royals said when he was called up he was going to play three or four days a week, and I was not that excited about him at that point. But now he's started each of the last four games. He has started five of the last six games. He hit a home run and a double two games ago. He does have the three steals. He's the type of player that could be on your bench and all of a sudden it clicks and he must be in your starting lineup. So, so who would you, who would you drop for him just to kind of, you know, when the, Gerard when the rubber Dyson, meets the road? Gerard Dyson. like I'm, I'm looking at my Roto team. My worst hitter is, in that same league, my worst hitter is Justin Bohr. There's no way I'm going to drop Justin Bohr for him. Um, I'm look, look at, I guess I'll look at my pitchers. Uh, I have both Dyson and Melanson trying to obviously Corner the, the hey, guys, guys, look, 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 I'm sorry. Let's just move on because it, okay. Adel, I just the point is Adalberto Mondesi is still on three bases. So if you need him in a roto league, he's nine percent on. He's under road. Jesus Aguilar is better than Carlos Santana, guys. It's overreaction day. Jesus Aguilar is better than Carlos Santana. Is that an That's overreaction? Ridiculous, ridiculous, <laughs> absurd notion. <laughs> I mean, in go. a traditional five by five, I could see it being the case because obviously Santana's low batting average and. Low batting average upside gives him, uh, you know, kind of makes him dis- definitively mid-tier there. And points leagues is crazy because it's how much Santana walks. But Aguilar, I mean, he's, he's, he's not slowing down. Like since Tame, Fame's returned to the lineup, I think he has like seven home runs in 10 games. All right, Scott. You know, like, Scott is making it clear that the Brewers can't forget about it. Scott White. Yeah. Who do you want rest of the season in a Roto League? Santana Today, or Santana. But if it becomes clear he's the everyday first baseman, that's a real conversation to have. All right, overreaction. Edwin Diaz is going to break Francisco Rodriguez's single-season record of 62 saves because Diaz has 30 right now. No, he won't. <laughs> okay, fine. Wrong. All right, fine. All right, let's do the Addo meter. If, if if overreaction day was too complicated, we'll just get back to zero to ten. Although I like the Addo meter calibration, where the number you give corresponds to what percentage ownership you think this man should be. Like a five is fifty percent, a seven is seventy percent. So we'll do it with that. <laughs> These guys are all owned in less than twenty five percent of leagues. Randall okay. Grichik, Addo meter on Randall Grichik. I'll give him a five. I was going to say four. Five is fine. I'll, I'll just agree with Scott. I don't want to be down on Randall Grichik. Adometer on Kendris Morales, 14% owned. That's probably like a three. Two. Grichik is cutting into his playing time. 
Jesse Winker, 21% owned, has sat two of the last four games. Both of them are against lefties. Jesse Winker. So uh, dumb. Five. Jesse. It's not dumb. Yeah. He can't hit lefties. He's what? He can't hit lefties. He's not. Is he that bad? Yeah, he's pretty bad. I don't think he's like Jake Lamb can't hit lefties, right? Well, Jake Lamb is a special can't hit lefties kind of guy. <laughs> well, I mean, if a left-handed hitter is like a 230 hitter against lefties, that's good enough. Just keep him in the lineup. Um, I, yeah, I guess with the playing time concerns, he's only like a five, but I want to say higher. All right, it's Winker. Enrique Hernandez, 15% owned. Three. <clears throat> yeah. Sounds good to me. So I'll go two. Grichik and Winker were fives. Morales and Hernandez were two or threes. And I had to pick up one of them. I was pretty interested in picking up one of them. I had a kind of a roster spot to play with. I chose Winker. Who would you guys have chosen? Winker. I'd probably choose Winker. I'd certainly choose Winker if it was a points league or an OBP league. Uh Grichik if you're specifically looking for power. Yeah, Winker, I mean, really good plate discipline and uh 14 walks, 10 strikeouts in his last 20 games with a 980 OPS. All right, guys, uh, we're going to look at four hitters who are struggling, five hitters who are struggling right now. Tell me if it's just a slump or if it's something more. George Springer is batting under 100 in his last 13 games. Eight walks, nine strikeouts. Just a slump for Springer? Just a slump. Okay. Mm-hmm. Whit Merrifield... This is unbelievable. He has scored two runs as a leadoff hitter in his last <laughs> 19 games. And he's batting 250. He's not batting like 130. Two runs, but no power. He's one home run since April 22nd for Whit Merrifield. Yeah, he's been a difficult player to rank because he's one of the few true stolen base standouts in fantasy, which obviously you have to... Like, that's obviously super valuable in Roto Leagues. Uh, but there hasn't been the home runs. Meanwhile, he's hit a lot of doubles, so his points league value is also pretty high. He's a top 10 second baseman, I think, with, without debating it too much. I will say I don't think the lack of power is just a slump, because now if you look at his minor league career and you look at this year, it looks like last year's uh, power was the outlier. Okay, that's Whit Merrifield. Manny Machado, just a slump? Last 34 games, he has a 700 OPS. Yeah. Just, Just a slump. slump. John Jay, you jerk. I finally got you in my lineup. <laughs> You've got over 12 with 5Ks, John Jay. Oh, John. You were in my top 10 sleeper hitters for this week. Oh, God. What are you doing? Uh, he's not that good. Yeah. I mean, but it is just a slump. Three like, bad games. His, his BABIP was normal by his standards prior to this. All right. Yeah, I mean, I didn't mean to call you a jerk. You are one of my favorite people in baseball. Like, every time every time somebody says John Jay, I think they're breaking into song. John Jangle Jingleheimer Smith. No. John Jacob John Jingleheimer Smith. Oh, my gosh. Come, come on. That was. Come that on. Was, wow. Sorry. I pooped my pants when we were you, singing that song. You I sure did. You're part of the I used to do, 38%. I used to do the same thing with John Jaso whenever somebody said his name. John Jaso Jingleheimer Schmidt. Yep. Of course. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Jamer Candelario. Is this just a slump? He's 60% owned. Batting 169 in June. Three homers, three doubles, 14 walks, 29 strikeouts. That's a 613 OPS for Candelario in June. I still really like him. I keep putting him on the top 10 sleepers hitters for the upcoming week, and he keeps disappointing me. But I like the plate discipline, and I think there's enough power there for him to be top 20 at a deep position. With John Jay and Jamer Candelario on the sleepers hitters, is this just a slump? <laughs> well, I've been arguing that Candelario's been under own now since coming off the DL, but he keeps not proving me right. Thanks for nothing, Jamer. All right, the last 10 minutes of the show are going to look like this. Good bullpen, bad bullpen, good rotation, bad rotation. You're going to tell me um, what's real and what's just, I guess, a slump. And then we're going to do regulators. Good bullpen. Sir Anthony Dominguez got his fifth save. It was a two-inning save. Hitless, scoreless, three strikeouts against the Yankees. 
Uh, and Willie Peralta got his second save. Do you think Dominguez and Peralta will lead their teams in saves going forward? I do think that, yes. Willie Peralta, obviously not somebody we considered when the Royals opening developed because I don't think he was on the team, right? So that's been an interesting development. Yeah, he, he is four But yeah, walks. Dominguez is the more exciting one. Peralta's four walks and four and two-thirds. Dominguez has a .66 whip this year. He's He has four walks and 25 and two-thirds. <laughs> uh, and he's obviously better. Uh, yeah. All right. There, there's just no challenger in Casey. That was the problem in the first place. Yoshi Hisha, Yoshi Harano, excuse me, has gone 24 straight appearances without allowing a run. It really doesn't have great numbers behind it, I don't think. So that's just, they're fine. Um, and then Ken Giles was using the eighth, so Astros bullpen's annoying. Bad bullpen. Heath, do you think these guys are going to lose their jobs? Jerry's Familia, Ryan Tapera, Brad Boxberger, Zach Britton. I think Tapera is by far the most likely of that group to lose their job. I don't really have a lot of concern about Familia or Boxberger. And Britain? I have no idea with Baltimore, and they might get like five save, save chances the rest of the year. <laughs> All right. I, I am worried about Familia and Boxberger both. Familia's just been awful, and eventually that something's got to give there. But Boxberger has a couple good – like he's he's a, at best the third best reliever in that bullpen, and that's always scary when yeah. they're showing signs of weakness. Good rotation. Bumgarner, is he back? He's back. Yep. Are we sure? Pretty sure this time. Yeah. All right. Back-to-back shutout efforts of seven innings or more with eight strikeouts. Robbie yeah. Ray, we talked about Alex Wood's got to hate you. Why? Because you benched Alex Wood for Frankie Montas, and you ignored me when I brought it up. You intentionally ignored me, so we didn't have to have a discussion about it. What? Oh, yeah. I, I didn't saw ignore it. you. You typed. Scott White is typing. You stopped typing. You never hit send. We never continued oh, the conversation. Oh, I think I forgot about it. Sorry. I think I got distracted. And then, <laughs> man, <laughs> you were paying close attention to that, huh? Is Alex Wood a must start? Because I know I wasn't sitting at the computer when they sent those messages. I saw them when I walked by. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex Wood is not a must start. He's very close to a must start. Like you don't. He, the problem is he's in the NL West, so you're not going to start him at course. But he's he's I'm the starting. weird sort of pitcher who I think is easier to start in roto than than points because like he's had issues going deep into games, so you know he's he's falling like short in points that way. One of the but runs, he's a very safe whip guy. One of the runs he gave up was just garbage. By the way, it was a a slow roller up the first base line that scored a run from second base. It was stupid. Sean Newcomb, are you going to start him next week at the Yankees and at Milwaukee? I have a lot of Sean Newcomb. I'm going to have to make this decision in a lot of different leagues, and mostly the answer is going to be yes. Got to be yes. I mean, okay. you love Newcomb. I, are I you do that love Newcomb. Of the this, Yankees. This is a terrible str- like I don't you know how I feel about Miller Park and the Yankees. It's yeah, uh but... I hope one of them goes well. I don't expect your two boy, good starts. Your boy Danny Duffy just dominated the Brewers. That, yeah, that's even, true. Even, He's your boy, not mine. Even well, Carlos Sean Newcomb's your boy. Even Carlos Carrasco's done well against the Brewers this year. LOL. I mean Sean Newcomb might be an all star this year and we can't start him in a two start week. Come on. Well, maybe I can explain some of my hesitance. One of my choices for next week, as I was looking at it, is Sean Newcomb with two starts at the Yankees and the Brewers, or I can start Verlander against the White Sox or Lester against the Reds. Well, obviously when it's in Verlander, how, how many pitchers are you starting that you would even just, think about? Just please Verlander. answer the question with the two of the three. Okay, so Lester against the Reds or Newcomb in those two starts? Newcomb. Okay. All right. I mean, the Reds aren't that good of a matchup. Newcomb it is. Let's, uh, let's read some emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Not just any emails. Let's regulate. All right. It's time. It's been a few days. Let's get back to it. This is Jake from Southern Ontario. We need regulating. Long time debate argument between league mates. Long story short, Kamish changed the points after the draft, won the league, and everyone else says foul play. Info. In our league's inaugural season a few years ago, 
our commission who listens to the podcast, set up a points league that was batter friendly. He drafted aces early and everyone else prioritized batters. After the draft, he doubled pitching points and reduced assists from 1 to .01. Players were furious, but he refused to change it. This is our commissioner's only title and often finishes fantasy debates with, well, I'm a champion. Should his title be taken away, everyone in the league? <laughs> this guy sounds like a real piece of work. Yeah, th- yes, his title should be taken away. Of course, right? He changed the like, rules. I- this email is from Southern Ontario. The only th- way this makes sense is if, like, he's the only American in the league. And he's just a total, total <laughs> jerk. And everybody else is too nice to kick him out. Because you should have just taken the league away from him. Or start your own league. Get rid of this guy. It's re- no, well, he's a podcast listener, so give him another chance. But yes, <laughs> it should be no, taken fine. away. I don't mind. I don't care if we lose him as a listener. No, I, garbage. The question, though, is the problem. Should his title be taken away? No. We're, we're not the, we're not, Taking titles away. We're not. Yes, we are vacating it. Double A. We are yeah, vacating we're not, it. We're vacating all the wins that we're, league we're are just stricken from the record. The league, like who won the XFL? Who cares? No, I'm going. I'm going NCAA. I'm I'm vacating the wins and removing the banner from the rafters. Oh. Uh, by the way, just in case you don't tune until the end, 63% say no. Of course not. 37% say yes. I pooped them after turning 20 years old. There, there, I there maintain. Are a there are a couple of people saying everyone who votes no is a liar. I <laughs> <laughs> can't be true. Yeah, man. All right, here we go. Here we go. Next up, a recovering teacher in Oregon. When is excessive trading colluding or just bad for the league? I play in a 10-team dynasty league. A couple of our league members have become trade addicts. At this point in the season, the two teams have completed 28 and 23 <laughs> trades. 14 of those trades have been between these two teams. One of them is in first place and is the co-commish. The other is currently in last place. This has started frustrating some league members, especially other teams competing for first. Both are good guys have been in the league for a number of years. The issue has not come up before because we had trade limits up until this year. Is it time to propose trade limits again? Am I overreacting? Is this a form of collusion? Your thoughts would be appreciated. So... I, I'm willing to admit that in my earlier days playing fantasy, uh, I was kind of a serial trader. I only played in one league, so it was easier to do. And there was one owner and I who were kind of in the same situation. Um, and, you know, I, I continually traded with him and I got better and he got worse. And, uh, eventually the rest of the league ran him off. And I didn't feel great about it at the time, but looking back, I know I was taking advantage of him. I know he didn't know as much as me, and I was a good salesman, and I was taking advantage of him. So I think it's very likely that's happening here, too. Not everybody's at the same knowledge level. Not everybody's at the same skill level, and that's what makes it hard to find a really good league. Um, I think if, it, like, depending on how... It, like it, it's tricky because if he's not that into it, um, then there may be a way to ease him out of the league. But if he is, then I uh, that that's that's where it gets tough. Okay, Heath. No trade limits. Hashtag Team Freedom. <laughs> okay, last one from Jason. Dear Warren, Nate, and Snoop. I joined a keeper league this year. You keep up the three players and must keep two. A trade has recently been posted as Team A gives Kyle Gibson, Castellanos, and a 2019 fourth and sixth round pick. Fourth and sixth round picks to Team B. So Kyle Gibson, Castellanos, and a fourth and sixth round pick to Team B. Team B gives up Nolan Arenado and Corey Kluber. I would have paid more for two elite players in this format. So I asked my friend who got me in this league and, and is the owner giving up the players why he did it. He said, he tells me they have agreed to an off-season trade, sending Arenado back to the original owner, along with Ben Benintendi, for ninth and 10th round picks. The rent-a-player thing drives me crazy, but from what I can tell, no rules prevent this. But not disclosing the second trade is collusion, right? Let me sum it up. Team A gives up, you know, an okay package, nothing great, and gets Arenado and Kluber back. Team B agrees to receive Arenado back from Team A during the offseason, along with some other stuff. You guys okay with that? No. Well, 
certainly if there's a veto system in place, you can't do that because people are passing a trade without knowing there's actually more to it. If there isn't a veto system in place, I mean, it doesn't, it feels, it feels kind of icky, but I'm, I'm not sure what is wrong with it. I mean, obviously, there's nothing in writing here, so either of these owners could back out. You're taking a risk by making this agreement that the other guy's going to follow through on it. Um, but it doesn't seem illegal to me. Why, why do you give a flat no, Heath? I, this would fall under my definition of collusion. I would kick both owners out of the league. <laughs> like they, I have to kick them out of the league. It's a little, well, little there, there is no trade vetoing without removing someone for the league. Boy, collusion this, this is a fireable offense. Is overreaction day for sure. Well, is it, is there a veto system? If he doesn't say there's a veto system in place, right? If there's not, if, if other people, Look, if other owners aren't grading trades. I think it's pretty sketchy to say, to do that. I, I think it's sketchy. But then again, like it's, if those it's two a trade, handshake agreement. Those happen in real life all the time too, right? I, I do think it should have been where, disclosed. Should have been disclosed. No. Kick him out of the league. Yeah, I don't know. You don't have to kick him out of the league. It's not as bad as as the it, guy it, from Ontario. It, it it should be disclosed if it's actually going to be enforced. But if if these both if these two owners are understanding that nobody's going to enforce this second part of the agreement, then it's not really there's not really anything to it. I don't know. I I think you got to let people know that you're going to be trading Arenado back because because then it's if just if they're like, voting on it, sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess, but I still think honesty is important and and disclosure is important. The league needs to know, even if they're not voting on it, they need to know who's doing what, who's being shady, who's being underhanded, that kind of stuff. And this has been regulated. We out. <laughs> <laughs>